Hello everyone, this is Sonata Allison, you're listening to episode 57 of the Parallel Podcast, where we're talking about sexuality as it should be. Hello everyone, good morning, good evening, good night, whatever time you're watching this. Um, and welcome to all the new listeners and welcome back to the old ones. So as you guys can see, we'll be talking about how God is still good. Um, I wanted to do this episode truthfully because I'm in a season where I'm really trying to like dedicate the majority of my thought life and my time to Jesus. And you might be thinking, so not like that's always what we should be doing. But as you guys know, as humans, our lives are divided and com- compartmentalized, um, And I just want all of the majority of my thought life to be about Jesus and, you know, my, my morning time and my night time. I'm trying to just, you know, be more focused on the Lord. So, um, I feel like first Corinthians 734, uh, where it speaks about how the unmarried person's concerns are for the Lord and how in the verse before it, um, it says that the married man is concerned about the affairs of the world and about pleasing his wife. Um, and I think, in the perfect world, that would be true of unmarried people, you know, like we're just focusing on Jesus. That's our main concern. But I think a lot of the time unmarried people are focused on being unmarried or wanting to be married. Um, and that can obviously affect uh, our relationship with the Lord. And for me personally, I rarely like get down in the dumps about not having a man. It's not like I'm really, really, really sad about it. Um, I have some great friends and family that I spend time with that love me well and I can, you know, spend time with them. So, um, I think personally dating has began to feel like a distraction, not like desiring a man, but like the, um, action of dating (laughs) has been very, uh, trying, especially because of how emotionally draining it can be to keep meeting men that I'm attracted to that don't seem to love Jesus and like their lives don't reflect their love for him. So it's just really exhausting. The whole process of dating, like I just don't want to do it anymore. And it just doesn't feel right to me. So, um, also the whole waiting for guys to write back or like conversations just ending. Um, and it, it did, it just began to like take up my thought life, the time in my thought life and like thinking about, Oh, did I get a match today? Or just all that annoying stuff. And honestly, at this point, I'm willing to risk never meeting him. If that means I never have to get on a dating app again. (laughs) Like I know some of you can probably relate to this. So I'm just so over it. So my desire is to take a permanent hiatus from the apps. Um, because I really don't think that that method will work for me. Obviously, I don't know what will happen in the future, but that is my desire. I literally never want to get back on. Um, But I say all this to say, even in the midst of trash dating, I can still say that God is good. And I think we can introduce more of the thought process of even though blank, God is still good. Um, I feel like our lives will be a lot better for it. And I think, you know, this phrase right here can only be said by a Christian who has moved from milk to meat. And what I mean by that is um, you are in the trenches of the gospel. You have a better grasp on the gospel than a new believer would. And you know the word more um, and you understand how our relationship with God is supposed to be. So let's talk about that today. All right. So um, 
when we move from God as a genie who is here to grant our desires and when he doesn't, he becomes an absent father in our minds who doesn't listen and doesn't care um, to more of a mature thought process, which is realizing that the life we live as Christians is way less about us and way more about serving a God who is already good, um, a God who knows what is best for us. And I think if we come to that understanding, we are in a better place than before. Um, I feel like most people who have a genuine relationship with Christ and may have had that old thinking, like you know how life-altering that shift of mindset has been for you. Personally, when I got out of that old doctrine that taught me that um, I can just reach up and grab my blessings or that something good is going to happen to me today and, you know, my situation is just going to turn around today or or guaranteeing me anything else that would happen to me, um, I feel like it's helped me to see Christ way more clearly, especially when I started actually reading my Bible. Like, I think a lot of Christians call themselves Christians because they engage in, you know, a few scriptures on Sunday. Um, And I'm sure you do believe that Christ died for you. I'm not saying you're not a Christian, but I really think if you start reading your Bible, it'll change your life. Like it'll change your whole life. It'll change your thought processes, your emotionality, the way you uh, interact with money, the way you interact with your job the way you interact with people, the way you interact with God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, it'll change your whole life. So when I started reading, actually reading my Bible, spending time daily to read, um, it really changed my life. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with expecting things from God. Like I said earlier, you know, like there's nothing wrong with expecting a blessing or expecting him to um, be who he says he is. The Bible talks about how we're supposed to come to him boldly with our requests. And, you know, why would you... (laughs) believe in someone that you can't have faith in, right? So I definitely think we're allowed to expect good things for him. But when humans put expectations and guarantees on the change of a season or on a blessing, that automatically leaves the frustration with Christ. Because listen, the Lord is going to do what he wants to do. And it is very evident in the Christian's life that the Lord is going to do what he wants to do. The Bible literally says that we may... um We may have our own plans, our own desires for what life will look like, but the Lord is going to order our steps at the end of the day. So, and you know, there's that song that says he may not come when you want him, but he's always there on time. And that is facts right there. (laughs) He may not come when you, I think it's more often that he, honestly, I don't know, but I think we have our own plans and he comes when he needs to come. And we have in our minds when we think he needs to come and sometimes that does not coincide and when it does it's like oh wow what an what a beautiful experience um this might be a little um r-rated but it's similar to when people orgasm at the same time that's what I kind of think of but um I know it's kind of <laughs> far-fetched but I think it's the same thing when two two desires come at the same time so um if I'm going through a hard time with my finances my car keeps breaking down my boss is passive-aggressive Um, My living situation sucks and I go to church to find peace and to receive a word from the Lord. And they tell me to lift my hands and to receive my blessing and to come down to the front if I need a miracle. And they say, God's going to change your situation today. Then I get in my car and nothing about my situation has changed. That's a very confusing place to be. And I think a lot of Christians find themselves in that space because of the kinds of churches they're going to. 
um, the leadership they're under, um, just or also just because like a lack of understanding of, of the Bible. Um, and that's why what I'm about to say might be offensive, but your situation might not change. Okay. And your situation not changing might be the blessing. What? Yes. That's crazy. But also, you know, your desired blessing might not be coming right now. And it might just stay hard for a while. It might just be a, a hard season for you. Um, but God is still good. You know, and sadly, it does rain on the just and the unjust. And that Bible verse I think when you read your word, these scriptures come to mind and they can bring you peace. And that verse right there, um, I'm blanking on on where it is in the Bible, but it says, you know, that it rains on the just and the unjust. So when you're going through something, um, <laughs> this is not to assume that you're always just, you know, but um, if you're in Christ, the Lord loves you. So it's, it's going to still rain on you and it's also going to rain on people who... Um, don't love God. And that does really suck. But I think that's just something that's kind of helped me gain some peace when I feel like I'm loving God well. And my true intentions of my heart is to please God. And things are still sucky. Relations still suck. Situations still suck. It helped me to remember like it does rain on the just and the unjust. And God is still good. So if you read the Bible, you see that God is always doing work in our lives. Um, and John 15, 1 says that God prunes the vines that bear fruit so that they may provide more fruit. Um, with those that don't, he simply throws them away. So think about this. <laughs> it's like you being, it, it may feel like you being punished for loving God or being faithful or um, trusting him. <laughs> That's what it may feel like sometimes because why why are all these hard things happening to me when I literally am I'm trying to do my best to love God well? Why are these things happening to me? But John 51 answers that question. It literally says he prunes the vines that bear fruit so that they can provide more fruit. And pruning is not the most funnest experience for a vine, I guess. Basically it means that it's kind of pulling off the mud and and all the things that shouldn't be there. Pulling the leaves off that have died. Um, and basically making sure that these vines, um, can continue to bear more fruit. So it see, it may look like when you see a vine dresser pruning vines, it may look like, um, he's killing them. It may look like that because of how much work it takes to kind of make sure that they're bearing more fruit, but it's only for that reason is so that they produce more fruit. Um, you know, he, and the other ones, he just throws them away. You know, so those are the people who are who the Lord gives over to their sin. We've talked about this in past um, uh, episodes. I think I've talked about this in the episode about self-discipline um, and some other ones. But he literally just throws them away. So the Bible talks about how he gives people over to their self selfish desires. Um, and that's actually not the greatest thing, because as we know, pleasure does not last long. And we have hearts that feel the impact of our sin. So you don't want to be someone he just throws away. I'm, I know we may feel that way, like, just give me a break sometimes, Lord. <laughs> and he does do that. I believe he does do that. Um, but you don't want to be someone he just simply throws away. Um, and I heard, heard someone talking about how the people who live life with minimal struggle, um, they're at a disadvantage. And 
you know, I wish I remember the exact quote because it's like a great perspective, but growth happens outside of our comfort zones and we aren't just here to enjoy life. Like sadly, sin exists. Um, Adam and Eve catch this fate when I see y'all, but we are at war every day with our own flesh and with the enemy and with other people. But also, you know, we can't achieve closeness with God if our decisions and who we are is far from him. Um, that's like if I couldn't hear you in a conversation and instead of leaning in or stepping forward, I took 10 steps back and expected to hear you more clearly. It just doesn't work like that. So you can imagine it as sin placing this obstacle course between us and the Lord and it kind of molding you and teaching you his ways, you know, ways to get closer to him in proximity as you're kind of going through these struggles and also these plateaus and valleys and, and hills. Um, all these things to, you know, get closer to him in proximity, but also in character. And you begin to think more like him and act more like him because you're striving to be closer and because you are in your word and learning more about him and you're choosing him over things you've chosen before. And he's walking with you, um, even though it's hard and even though it's uncomfortable, um, you're better able to be content and better able to seek him because of the trials that he allows you to go through and the pruning that you go through. And, you know, you're reminded that even in the story, um, even in the midst of the hard times, it is well with your soul and the Lord is in control. So in your singleness, um, and you see everyone getting married and finding new romantic relationships and having children, um, you can remind yourself that the Lord is still molding you um, and that God is still good. Um, and you see that he is still a provider of marriages. He's still a provider of relationships. He's still a provider of children. It may not be for your own life, but that shows you he's still a good God who provides. And I know that's not easy to hear. It's not fun to hear. But when I heard that perspective, it's like, wow. Yeah, I feel like the Holy Spirit put that on my heart one day. Like, just because he's not providing those things in my life right now doesn't discredit his character because I see him still providing in those ways for other people. And that's not easy to hear. Okay, especially when you're not getting what you want. But God is still good. God still provides. Um, you know, and another side note, when he when he when we don't remind ourselves that God is still good, we can fall into comparison and you can be comparing your singleness to a relationship that seems fruitful. But you don't know what is happening behind closed doors. You don't know if those people are habitually dishonoring God with their relationship behind closed doors. And that could be sexually, financially and you know romantically whatever like they could literally be dishonoring god in that relationship and you're comparing your singleness to them or you're comparing your own relationship to them it's just not smart because you don't you never know what's going on behind closed doors so you know you could be envying something that you would never really want for yourself you know and even if the couple you know is honoring the lord they may have issues you would never want or maybe like right now the lord is working something in you or in your future spouse that takes time, or maybe he just knows that some people need romantic relationships for their sanctification. Um, we never know what the Lord is working on behind the scenes. Maybe the person you're going to be with literally is not ready right now. And you, like the Lord doesn't want that for you or the, the, the multiple people that might be choices. If you don't believe that there's one person for you. Um, maybe it's just not time for those choices or those people that you're going to cross paths with for, you know, you to have those options. Um, and when I say some people need a romantic relationship for sanctification, some people may not listen in friendships and they may be, or to family, 
like they will listen to a spouse. Um, and even if they don't listen, they're in a marriage now that they can't just break because they're confronted with themselves, you know? So some people kind of need that sooner in life. Um, there's all these different factors. So um, the growth God might, may want, you know, may need to be, you know, through the avenue for some people. You literally, you literally never know. And, you know, this goes for people in dating relationships who look at marriage or who look at singleness and fantasize about being single or being married um, or you're in a hard time in dating and you know you want to be with a person, but it's really hard right now. Um, you know, but all throughout all of this, God is still good. And, you know, you might, you might even be in marriage and you look at singleness and dating because you're in a hard time, but God is still good. Maybe your sex life is not where you, you'd like it to be. And, you know, you think to look to unhealthy coping skills or are fearful to speak to your spouse. God is still good. And he's still working something in you and he's pruning you in your marriage so that it can produce good fruit in you. And for the kingdom, you know, and you, you may also be in the middle of a divorce, um, previously in a marriage that was not reconcilable due to abuse or betrayal. And you may feel like you failed or you don't know what to do next. And even in this hard time, God is still good. And when I say that, I mean that literally, like we have to remember that we serve a God who works behind the scenes, who, um, has our best interests at heart. And we have to remember that we serve a God you know, who knows all and whose word says in Romans eight twenty eight that he is working all things for our good, all things for our good. So even the hard times are working for our good. The good times are working for our good. So he's not just this guy that we have to say is good because we like have our hands twisted behind our back or like we have to just fearfully agree with an all powerful God. No, he is good because of the fruit that he bears. He never expects anything from us that we that he can't do himself. And like it says earlier, like he prunes us so we can bear good fruit. He bears good fruit. So, you know, he's good because of his character. Um, He's a loving God who works on our behalf. And we have Jesus who came and changed our whole lives and the Holy Spirit who walks with us daily. And, you know, that's all things to be grateful for and those are all reasons to say God is still good. So we start there. We can be grateful that we don't have to live eternity without our father, but he's a present father who also sees our hurt and allows us to experience painful things to grow us. And, you know, it's all a part of a way bigger story. So in the growing pains, I want you guys to remember that God is good. He always has been, and he always will be. And he knows that we'll struggle, you know, Jesus literally was here struggling, <laughs> struggling. Okay. My man struggled in every way possible. My man was literally, he sat down hungry with the devil tempting him for 40 days. What a freaking experience. And then he died on our behalf for since he didn't even commit. Can you just think of that for a minute? For a minute? Like my man's really like we, we as humans really be forgetful. And that's why the word is so helpful and being in community and fellowship with other Christians because we really be forgetting like Jesus literally died for us. He literally died. And my man's felt all the emotional experience of that of since he did not even commit. Imagine it's like all the people on death row who are literally sitting there. It's way worse than that. But they're sitting there for a crime that they did not even commit and they're going to die for it. 
But Jesus literally knowingly went out of his way to choose this for himself to die for the sins that he did not commit. And while he was on earth, he was fully God and fully man. So my man knew who was going to betray him. Oh my, just imagine, okay? You might be betrayed by someone, a, a friend, a family member, a foe, and have no clue it's coming. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus knew <laughs> and still loved those people and spent time with them. If I knew someone was going to betray me, I'm not spending a freaking minute with them. <laughs> Why would I do that? If I know you're going to betray me? No. You're not going to see my face. But the Lord literally put himself through all that. So that's why we have verses to remind us of his love, his provision, but also to allow us to be grateful and have gratitude in the hard times. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. The Bible literally sets us up for more progress on earth. If you're not reading it, you're hurting yourself. Like you're missing out on wisdom. And I think this verse is... Um, the perfect epitome of how God is still working, even when one area or multiple areas of our life are exhibiting evidence of how sin affects our lives, there is always a reason to praise God. And if you struggle to find one, as I said earlier, being grateful for a God who didn't have to choose you, who didn't have to make your life interesting or even give you desires outside of him, like that's something to be grateful for. Um, All right, last verse and I'll, I'll head out because... I just remembered it. So James 1, 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Then it says, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This was a verse that I never could really wrap my head around until I had to go through a pretty hard season, but man, God is good. And the closeness we get to feel in the midst of a trial makes it all worthwhile to know that, you know, the, the, the pain is molding us and creating a closeness. Um, I think that just, that's an opportunity just to know like God is so near right now. He's really pruning me and working on me and that growth brings joy um, and it just allows us to remember like this life is not our own and, and this hard stuff is actually creating steadfastness and allowing me to have more faith, which is beautiful because that's what we want to have. We want to be able to cling to God in hard times and be more steadfast in our faith. Um, and you know, there's a Bible verse that talks about how this man, um, brings his son to Jesus and, you know, he says, like, if you can heal him, the Lord's like, if I can. And I'm like, oh, go ahead, Jesus. <laughs> Put him in his place. You know what I'm saying? But we were doing the same thing. Okay. Um, it says, if you can heal him. And he says, if I can. And he's like, um, basically, I have faith, but help me to have more faith. And I think that's what reminding ourselves that God is still good does for us. Um, and also just asking God, like, help me to have more faith, God. And just to remind just to remember who you are in my life, even when the things that I want to happen are not happening. So I hope this was encouraging you guys and allowing you to remember that God is good and that he loves us well. And, you know, one day our lives will be free from sadness, from fear, 
confusion, you know, and all that other ugly stuff. So as you guys know, you can follow the parallel at the parallel pod on Instagram and TikTok. Um, remember to kiss the sun guys and speak the truth and love. I'll speak to you guys next week. Bye.